<laughs> Good evening, James. Well, I'm all about fairness. It's, I have no idea what we're what we're talking about. The fairness is that this week Zach is the one who did not get the group texts until like an hour later or more. Yes, I ah, just got yes. the majority of your guys' texts in the last five minutes. Perfect. Welcome to the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all up to speed though, don't worry. Oh good, I'm glad. I'm trying to see. My my wife just got me a fitness tracker. And I don't know how to look at the battery level on it. But I guess it'll probably just tell me when it's low. <laughs> I don't know. Is it Bluetooth connected to anything? It's Bluetooth connected to my phone. So let's see if my phone tells me anything. My do you have an iPhone? I do. I have an iPhone. So the way that it works now, you have to swipe all the way to the left. And then you can see, like, you can go down. So all the way to the left and then start scrolling down and then you can see the battery. And then you have an option to add another battery and you can see what other Bluetooth devices you have. Now you see this may be different because this is a it's a Garmin. It's a Garmin fitness ah. tracker. Hmm. And I think I think I s- no, that's not it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, when in doubt, I would just Google the type of fitness track that you have <laughs> yeah. and pull up a YouTube video. Thank you, Zach. Yeah, we'll do that. Thank we'll you. do that later. That's not important right now. Whenever, whenever I can't figure something out, that's my go-to thing. I was just given it, whatever, like an hour and a half ago, and it's been on the oh. charger since then. So it's probably fine. It'll it'll last <laughs> me through the night. I'm sure it's good. It's good to go. Yeah. Yeah, I kept talking to her about how I was looking at these different ones, and I keep I kept putting different fitness trackers in the in the cart on Amazon. Oh sure. And apparently she just did some more research and then went. You know what? I'm going to get like, this one. No, this one. Yeah. This is the one. Great. Nice. Yeah. It was well. She she got real drunk tonight, and <laughs> drunk Amazon purchases are the best. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I've got a lot of those. No, but tonight, tonight most of mine. Are. Tonight specifically, she got real drunk because we were watching the the big game. And uh, which, how did it go? I completely did not watch it all. I have no idea anything. I have not seen any of the commercials. Oh, total, <laughs> total oh, upset. Wow. First of all, total upset. Okay, uh, meaning uh, meaning the New England Patriots win everything, and it's terrible. It sucks because the Patriots suck as a team and a fan base. Sure. And okay. um, they were supposed to win, and then they just didn't. Wow! Wow! So that, but yeah. so certain people would view that as not an upset, right? Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, like everything, all the numbers said Patriots should win the Super Bowl. But then, like, I don't even like football very much. But even with me watching it, I was like, ah, oh, ah, oh, oh my god, because the Eagles kept playing good football and like doing good things, and the Patriots kept lucking into points. And yeah, anyway, then the Patriots lost, which was great because I had some money on the game in that way, and now I win some money. Nice. Hey. That's always good. All yeah. right. Not a lot of money because I was talking to the guy who I had money on. I like I had I had forty dollars on it with b- between me and this guy, and uh, for me, like I was like, oh man, I don't want to lose forty dollars. Come on, it's a lot of money. And he was like. Oh yeah, I don't care. <laughs> he 
<laughs> I have five hundred dollars on the same outcome with oh, someone wow. else. So um if it turns out I have to pay you forty bucks, that's fine because I <laughs> I win a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> like, <That's>... Oh shit. <laughs> Like, man, I should have planned like you did. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was just some little thing. I don't know. I don't bet on anything. Neither. The most that I do is like scratchers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just scratchers all the time. Yeah, but we, like we've been... We were joking about the big game all week in that we kept saying the big game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you ready for the big game? Ooh, what are your oh, plans for coming. the big game? The big game's coming. Yeah, it's yeah. coming. And uh, then it came, and and we were both drinking, and she just got real drunk. And eventually, she was like, "I wish I could give you your Valentine's Day present now." I was like, <laughs> "Well, yeah, I, I, I wish the same thing." So then we just exchanged Valentine's Day gifts. Perfect. Yeah, and now I have a fitness tracker. What did you get her? Uh, I got her a hand warmer. Oh. A Zippo Zippo hand warmer, so it's a special thing where you actually like I light it on fire. One of those last year for Christmas, yeah, it's right? brilliant. It's really cool. Yeah, it's got like a, uh, it's 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 essentially like a char cloth. It's yeah. not really a flame. You know, once you get it the first time, it flames, and you're like, whoa! But then you know, you burn it, and it, it you know, yeah, it just kind cool. of smolders. Yeah, it's perfect. It's cool. really really cool. You don't need to plug it in. You know, you need to fill it up, but it comes with its own little container little poor thing it's mm-hmm. perfect yeah she well we have this running joke where she puts her fucking cold ass hands on me <laughs> right in the crook of your elbow or up on again shirt, just right anywhere fucking, and, yeah. and then she goes oh man you're so cold and, <laughs> and i go no you are cold and then we argue back and forth about that but the reality is that her hands are very very cold so yeah. now we don't need to have that argument anymore because uh, just I'll just tell her to turn on her hand warmer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually, uh, and now that you mentioned that brand of hand warmer, I'm actually adding that to my Amazon cart. You should. I'm going to get one of those. Yeah. It's very, yeah. uh, very affordable. <laughs> I, uh, I used to subscribe to the old method of uh, boiling a bunch of rocks. Mm-hmm. And then you know, grabbing them, not right when they're from you know boiling, <laughs> but you take them out with with tongs, and then you like wrap them up in cloth a little bit, and you put them on your vitals. Yeah, you know the same the same way with freezer, like you you know you freeze them for cold compresses. Yeah, my grant back when I had my kidney stone, um, my first symptoms happened while I was camping with my grandparents and my aunt. The, the the morning after and so I thought it was a bad hangover like oh sure <laughs> it, it was a real high elevation it was prop it was over a mile high easily which is already like bad for a hangover if you're not used to living at that height <laughs> and then like my aunt and I just drank like a lot of beer that night and the next morning I woke up and it was like my back hurt which I thought was the way I slept and then I was throwing up from I thought Hangover, hangover. <laughs> but it turned out to be from pain. And um, anyway, my grandparents were there. My grandma was like, oh, I'll put a rock in the fire. And then like I had to drive back home that day. And so I drove home with this rock wrapped in a washcloth 
against my back, yep. which was helping, but I was also screaming to right. release the pain <laughs> all the way home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and, no and then I, I, uh, about a month later, I started getting kidney stone symptoms while at zero elevation. So it turned out that there was just that the elevation was making, making it worse. Yeah. Exacerbating making, making things happen quicker. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Rocks and rocks on the fire. It, it helped. It actually did help. Even though I was still screaming from the pain, <laughs> it was less pain. <laughs> Picturing you just like driving, like screaming, like, ah, like solid, like you take a breath and you scream. Meanwhile, this little kid, Who's driving by you is going like mommy. Oh yeah, literally, like literally that scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I drove home from that camping trip. Oh man, no, I like I'm amazed that you could drive like that. When I had my kidney stone, I couldn't do anything but lay there and cry and like pray that baby Jesus would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> because that's all I could think of to stop the pain. Mm-hmm. Like nothing else, nothing else could do anything. Yeah, child, child. I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it. It's an unpopular opinion, but I'm gonna say it right now. Childbirth is a picnic, comparatively, because I have lived through the other person having that, and uh-huh. that lasts like maybe twelve hours, dude. <laughs> and so, like, and you get an epidural. If they yeah. gave me an epidural, like, when if if you could tell when it was coming on, you know, it's not like you get contractions and you dilate. You know, like, and you can plan for the plus, plus not to like, and I'm sure, I'm sure it's painful, but like that skin, like those tissues are designed for that. Yep. Right. Like the, the, the ureter is not designed for anything solid. It's not fun. Exactly. Our good friend, Mike Evans, uh, had an onset of a kidney stone while on a flight, a, a, uh, an ocean crossing flight. I think he was flying from Australia back to California. Oh, oh my God. He spent a fair amount of time on that flight. From what I remember from his story, uh, in the fetal position in the uh-huh. walkway. Yeah, sure. Sure. It's just like, don't touch just, just me. Like, I'm sorry. Me alone. Oh, I, if, yeah. if, if you require it, I will move so that you can right. get around me. I don't, but... I'm sorry. But otherwise, yeah, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm in so much pain right now. I want to die. That was me when I went deep sea fishing when I was like 12. We So, f- first of all, I'm really, really susceptible to motion sickness. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I'd thrown up like uh, six times, probably. And I like I was dry heaving. And I found a, a comfortable place where I was sitting and I wasn't bothering anyone. And I finally was not sick. And the first mate came and told me that I was blocking the pathway and I needed to move. And I so upset and he was like no i'm the first mate and you're doing what i'm saying and i was like just like whatever like fuck this so i get up and i'm walking and all of a sudden a fish hook catches my hand because uh. it was you know like there was a like these really long like fishing rods with like like multiple lures on because you know you're deep sea fishing for rock cod so you got like you know 20 30 lures on it and they're all weighted and you, you just drop your line and you bring back you know 14 15 fish or whatever it was um and so you know, I yeah, I, I got a fish hook in the hand, and I walked into the bathroom, and I stayed in the bathroom for like forty minutes until the crew was essentially going to mutiny, and they were <laughs> pounding on the door and demanding that I get the fuck out of the bathroom. And I'm like, fine. So I go and sit in the galley, and I'm like, look, I'm literally just trying not to puke up my guts here, like gentlemen, and I've got a bloody hand. Like, what is going on? Like, fine. So I'm sitting in the galley, and I'm just miserable. And this big fisherman dude comes in with like chest high waders. 
And he's like, did you throw up? And I was like, yeah. He goes, how many times? And I was like, six. And he goes, four. I was like, no, six. And he goes, no, four for me. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. But so that was like the one highlight. I was like, okay. Makes you feel better. Yeah. But like, that's it. Like somehow like that other man suffering did make me feel better. But I was still miserable. I was like, this is bullshit. The no fish is worth this. You know, but the rock cod was absolutely delicious. Oh, that was another thing. One of the fish, when we finally did catch some, because, you know, like, uh, the guy that I was with, like, made me stay out till that fucking happened, you know, till we caught the fish. So one of the fish fucking stabbed me with its its fin. You know, because rock cod, like, has, like, a long, like, spine on it, like a spiny fin thing. Uh, And so we pulled it in, and I thought this fish was dead. And it just jumped and, like, totally jabbed me in my other hand. So I'm literally, like, holding one hand with, you know, my left hand was holding the top hand of my right. You know, I was, like, both hands were, were bandaging the other side of me. Oh. I was, like, how, how can this even happen? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I've never seen those before. Those look vicious. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're fuckers. They're, you know, big, orange, ugly fuckers. And it stung, too. Like, it, it stung like there was, not that there's venom in it, but, like, it felt like it was. Like, it throbbed afterwards. Yeah, like this was the wrong thing. You know, Let's there might have been venom. That that shit sucked. Now I have to look up a rock cod. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, they're gnarly. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Zach, have you ever been on like a like a deep sea fishing trip like that? No. Yeah, me either. Nope. I mostly just stuck with. Um... I, my grandfather used to take me fishing a fair amount, but just always in the delta or up in the mountains. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I, other than like a fair, like I've I've taken the ferry from Paris to London across that sea, but I don't think I've spent any time other than that on a boat in the ocean. Huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't recall. I've done like yeah, Tahoe no, like a couple times, but yeah, like sure. a boat boat in the ocean is is not a not a thing that I've really known. So I don't know if I have motion sickness. I don't think I do because I didn't get anything on the on the booze cruise in Tahoe. So oh uh, yeah, you're probably all right. Though. I used to get it really bad with driving. With driving, so, really? Yeah, hmm. yeah. Unless I'm in control of the car. Yeah, like and and maybe it's because my head just moves preemptively because I know what's going on with the road. But like, yeah, if I'm a passenger. Like, if I'm going over the Altamont or anything like that, I'm fucking, I'm having a hard time. I got to, like, look out and, like, not focus on anything close to me. I'm not nearly that. Down. <laughs> <laughs> my, my things were when I was younger and if I was going on, like, a, you know, vacation with family or whatnot oh, sure. and we were going to, like, Big Basin or Yosemite up a windy up road. Up the windies, so. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the windy mountain roads. With See, the up and down and the left and the right. Where yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. My wife is like this and she can't, she can't read anything. Yeah, I, I still can't read. Yeah, like if I'm like a passenger and someone's asking me to help with directions, I'm like, oh man. Yeah, I have so, to just yeah. do a little bit at a time. So this is like a new. It's a new thing for me since, but when we were dating. But like, I have to now. I've learned. I just have to limit the amount of things because I'm always like, oh, look this up. Oh, text this person. Stuff like that. <laughs> and so <laughs> eventually, she's like, oh, yeah, exactly. She's gonna keep doing it. Yeah, so so I know I, I know now that I have to limit the amount that I say, you know, whatever those stupid things that can always wait. None of those things are important. 
But for me, yeah, if I'm in the passenger seat, I know that I'd be like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll look this up. Oh, I'll do this, whatever. So, um, yeah, that's that's something I've had to learn of how to to deal with someone who uh, has motion sickness in the car. And so even when, like, like when we go on a road trip with uh, me, my wife, and my mom, that's always in my mom's car because my mom does not want to deal with a car that is worse than hers. So that's uh, both of our cars. <laughs> but even then, it's weird. He's like, I, I don't – I feel very uncomfortable. It's not a motion sickness thing, but I just – like I don't like it. I feel like I don't have control of the situation if I'm not driving, so I have to right. drive. Kind yeah. of like an anxious yeah. – yeah. So whenever we go somewhere in my mom's car, I'm driving. My wife is in the passenger seat, and my mom is in the back seat of her own car. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny, yeah, and everyone's happy because usually the baby's in the back seat, so my mom's like, "Oh, she's distracted." And, yeah, yeah, she's super into it anyway. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> Before there was a baby, it was a little weird. Yeah. yeah. Your mom's being a chauffeur in her own car. Yeah. Being yeah. chauffeured. Yeah. So it's like a little, little like driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> what uh what are you, what are you guys drinking tonight? I'm drinking a gin and tonic. Is it Hendrix? Uh no. It is the, at our local S Mart there was a giant handle of uh, Seagram's on sale. Huh. Seagram's with, with lime. So that's what I went for. And I was like, you know what? I was going to do martinis. And I had bought uh, uh, stuffed olives, garlic stuffed olives, which, so surprisingly, you'd think that the garlic would be like overpowering uh, and it would not be the thing that you want in a drink. But I had some just the other day and it was delicious. And it was not, it was muted. It was just kind of like a pleasant crunch in the olive and it was tasty. So, but I'm not not there yet. I'm I'm lime and, uh, you know, tonic. Diet tonic because of the carbs. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm also drinking it through a straw because my mustache has gone full on baleen defense now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going to get a shave before too long. I keep, I keep threatening. <laughs> Zach, Zach, what do you got? I am doing some bullet bourbon tonight Ooh. to start with, and then I will transition after my first glass of that into just some plain Jameson. Nice. My friend Zach recently came over, and we did like a little whiskey tasting just, just amongst ourselves. Um, and he had a, a the the epiphany that he probably likes Kentucky bourbons more than Irish whiskeys. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Now, the, so the question is, do you think that you have always been that way? Or do you think that that's something that has developed? I think it's definitely something that developed when I first started uh, drinking whiskey on its own. Interesting. Um, Jameson, uh, like Jameson, I used to think the, the plain Jameson was, was so good and so smooth. Um, but now, now I'm definitely starting to prefer bourbons a lot more. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, I mean, I still like bourbon flavored beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd be on board with that. <laughs> I uh, I have already thrown up tonight from from whiskey. Oh, yay! But not from overindulgence. It was 
the quickness. Well, to shoot it. well, again, we we can go back to my drunk wife. Um, <laughs> I came back from peeing, and on the table were two shots of whiskey, and that's pretty common for us tricking each other into drinking Fireball. Sure. <laughs> So I just assumed it was fireball and I kind of like dealt them out and then we were like, yeah, here we go. Cheers. And so I took the shot and I, I had only prepped for a fireball shot. Instead, it was <laughs> like a good whiskey shot. So I had not prepped for that. And so it was like, Ooh, oh, which like I could have handled a good whiskey shot. No problem. Had I known that's what it was. Right, <laughs> but because I had not prepped, I just took it and then I went, "Hmm, hmm, hmm." Uh, I think I'm gonna throw up. And she's like, "Oh yeah, no, are you sure?" Like, yeah, yep. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna fight this. I'm just gonna go throw up right now. Yeah, yeah. So I went and threw up, and uh, now I'm drinking uh, Coors Banquet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's it's an unfortunate side effect for me, at least from getting older that like I just can't do shots anymore like the last two times I've had a shot it was just like nope fuck you <laughs> <laughs> like it comes in and like punches me and is like peace out bitch and I'm out <laughs> like shows up to the party and like fights the bouncer and then like runs yeah like that you know who was that comedian that had that bit that like the the, the alcohols that you drink are having a party in your stomach it was either you know Jim Brewer or Dave Chappelle Correct. <laughs> I don't. I don't know which, but it was one of those two. Either, but you're right. I think it was Jim Brewer. I think it was Jim Brewer. I think you're right. But I, I don't know. Yeah. Of course, banquet is great. It is. I've actually never had that before. It's really good. I I um made the the recent discovery that I like Coors better than Budweiser. Oh, dude, Budweiser, like Anheuser, like just regular Budweiser is nasty. Yeah, regular Bud is crazy nasty. I don't want to drink it. Bud Light, the difference between Bud Light and Coors Light is that there's a lot more sugar in Bud Light. Yes. Like yes, a there lot is. Oh, more yeah? sugar. Yeah. It's interesting to taste. But the like the reality of that is that Coors is a Pilsner and Budweiser is a lager. That is interesting. I did not know that distinction. You just kind of yeah, you just kind of lump them into the shitty beer category, and you don't think yeah. about what yeah. kind of beer. The water it is. beer, yeah, yeah. But the 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 real big difference is that it's a pilsner versus a lager, and uh, so Coors Light is good, but in general, I just like better beer. And Coors Banquet is so much better than Coors Light. It is. Coors Light tastes like water. Ben. It tastes like sparkling water. Yeah, and Coors Banquet tastes like. Beer. beer. <laughs> and if you're watching the big game and you want some beer, then uh, Coors Banquet's the way to go. But also, uh, our local bar, the Whiskey Barrel, has been doing weekly trivia night. Okay, I'm super into trivia. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And uh, there's usually four categories. One category every week is Name That Tune. And another category every week is uh, trivia about a movie. Oh, dude. And he announces the movie before you show up so you can, like, watch the movie. And uh, this coming Thursday, the movie is Smokey and the Bandit. Oh! 
Lovely. Which put me right on back onto Coors Banquet. Because <laughs> you see a can and you're like, yeah, I want one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever watch Smokey and the Bandit, Zach? I have not, no. I highly recommend it. It's it's one of the, it's the last, it came out in 77. So it's the last gasp, one of those last gasp movies before the age of the blockbuster like Jaws <laughs> sort of started it, and then by the time Star Wars came out, it was all over. It was just blockbuster movies from then on, and so you kind of stopped having these movies that sort of made no sense. Like, like Caddyshack. What are the weeks with Caddyshack? Yeah, for the yeah. for the the movies, and I just I had to warn my wife like, okay, we're gonna watch Caddyshack because it's always a movie. Every, so far, it's always a movie I've seen and she hasn't. <laughs> so far it's been Shawshank Redemption, Braveheart, Caddyshack, Lethal Weapon, Smokey and the Bandit. I think that's it. Yeah, I think it's only been it's going to be five weeks. But these um, are all great movies. They're great movies. But I it's always a movie that I've seen and she hasn't, so I have to sort of like let her know a little about the movie before she watches it. Like, this is what to expect. And so like with Caddyshack, Caddyshack is back in the age of <laughs> Movies that made no sense and had no plot. <laughs> There's no plot to Caddyshack. Yeah. There's like 19 plots that don't really mesh with each other. It, it's just because all the people who wrote it are people who are writing for Saturday Night Live. And it's just like a bunch of sketch comedians got together. <laughs> so I, try, I tried to get Jenny to watch it one time. Because I was like, this is an amazing film like an American cinema. Like you have to, you know, it's like not. you have to watch it. No, she was. She was like, "This is for boys." Yeah, it's it's not just for boys. It just it's also it's not a good. It's as a movie, well, it's not okay. a good movie. As a twelve-year-old, though, it's oh sure, hysterical. Yeah, you know, and there's like boobs? absolutely. Oh, dude, of course. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, as a twelve-year-old, like it, it was, <laughs> you know, uh, hands down one of the you know the best like like foundations of American cinema. Yeah, I loved Revenge of the Nerds when I was 12, too, but it's not a good movie. Dude, what are you saying? <laughs> it's not. It just isn't. What, what are you even saying here? I don't understand. <laughs> so, but Smoking the Bandit, what Smoking the Bandit has going for it is that it it is it's a fun movie. It was a movie made yeah. for fun. They it's went good like, ride, yeah. Hey, yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard good things about it. Yeah, like, hey, we got Burt Reynolds and we got like a semi-truck and a Trans Am. It's make a movie. It has the right amount of not taking itself seriously. Oh, it's all for fun. The whole movie is for fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first time where we were watching the movie to prep for the <laughs> trivia where we just got sucked <laughs> into the movie and we were just watching a movie. We didn't care about <laughs> all the stupid shit that might be trivia questions. Like Lethal Weapon, it was like every other minute was like, ooh, they might ask that. Ooh, they might ask that. Right, right. <laughs> Smoking the Banner was just like, that was a fun movie. Come on. That yeah, was good. Jerry yeah. Reed doing the doing the soundtrack. It's a great movie. <laughs> Eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. Do yeah. you guys like knives? <laughs> <laughs> like, completely random fucking question. Like to collect them or like yeah, the utility? Or, yeah, but both. Because that's the thing with so like certain collections like don't have any sort of utility to them. But like with knives, like, you know, they do. Like, there's a functionality 
that is that that goes along you know it's just innate within the fucking having of a knife but like yeah do you do you carry a knife do you i i have outgrown knives okay outgrown maybe a strong term i have moved past knives okay I have like a half dozen pocket knives because when I was younger, uh, I had family members that thought I liked them, and I <laughs> sure. have never been that big into knives now. So it's actually funny that you ask this because my dad recently has gotten into nice kitchen knives. I don't know where it came from, but he has started trying to replace all of our all of his knives with with good, much more good expensive knives. good knives. Yeah. Excellent. What uh, what is his favorite brand, if you don't mind? I honestly have no idea because I honestly don't really uh, <laughs> pay attention to knives. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I specifically use the cheaper knives that he still has, so I don't have to worry about the care and upkeep of the knives. <laughs> gotcha. I I am married to a former Cutco salesman, so oh, um, we have a full set of Cutco knives, and I am told that they are the best knives around. And they're pretty good. Yeah, full thing. That, and, that, sharp. and that's all fine. But I don't know. I just use the knives in the kitchen. That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> what do you, what so do you got what on now? Knives? Okay. Well, yeah. well, no. My, so you you said you've outgrown them. So you no longer carry one, or you no longer carry a utility tool, even or a multi tool. Correct. You no longer carry anything with a blade on it. Correct. How do you open boxes or mail? Um, usually they come from Amazon, and they come with a tape that's real easy Which to rip little, by yeah, hand. A little strip. Yeah, that's interesting. Or yeah, scissors. Exactly. Right. Or keys. keys. Fair enough. Keys, yeah. Anything metal, really. Anything that's harder yeah. than it. Yeah. Although my, my, my mother is... Uh, she's getting her floors redone in her house. All of the floors. And oh, so, really? And Yeah. So she's, she has... Her kitchen is done. Her bathroom is next. And then it's the rest of the house. And part of getting your floors redone is that you have to box up everything you own and get it prepped for moving. Yep. Almost like you're moving. So that it can be off but, the floor. But you're yeah. just putting it in the garage and then putting it back a couple days later. So she has been going through my old room, which when I moved out, I did not thoroughly go through my old room and make sure. Because, yeah, like peace out, right? Like I'm, I'm underneath new stuff. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just put the stuff into boxes that I needed just right then and there. And then I was done. So I have been for like two months now needing to go over there once a week to go through these boxes of things, decide whether or not I want them, and then bring them home. So I recently brought home my, uh, well, there's been a hundred knives that I have said to give away, (laughs) but I recently brought home, it's like a Leatherman Junior. It's like bright orange and... It's real good. Like it's a good little little guy. Oh yeah, Leather- Leatherman's a good brand. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a it's a little Leatherman that you can. It's supposed to be part of like your everyday carry. But my everyday carry is a lot simpler than most people's. Yes, yeah, I've seen your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> my 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 wallet is my phone case. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about doing that. I just haven't uh, haven't taken that step yet. Oh, you'll never look back. You'll, I I have four cards. Yeah, that's all you need. Debit, credit, ID, and healthcare. I don't even have my healthcare. Really? Kaiser. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know where the fucking the card is. I just remember the number. 
I find uh, with most things like that, like I can I can get away most of the time with just remembering the number. Like I'm sorry, officer, I don't have my wallet, but my driver's license number is blah. You know. Oh yeah, I went. <laughs> I went like three years, I think, without actually carrying a valid driver's license. Yeah. You know, I I know I I just left the house in a hurry. It was in my other pants. I'm sorry. I uh, what I did was I first of all I knew the number. But also, right. I just kept my expired driver's license in the car. And the two times I was pulled over during that three years, I handed the expired one to the officer and I said, I'm so sorry. I don't, <laughs> I don't have my valid one with me, but I am a licensed driver. You can feel free to run my number. Right. And that worked out fine and because I was. Yeah, yeah exactly. See, so. I... I, I don't know. I always carry mine, but I honestly, for the life of me, I have no idea what my driver's license is. It's a bad thing because I should know in case I lose it. But. You should. It's, well, not, it's not that long. Do you have your social remembered? Rem- yes. Rememberized? Memorized. Man. Yes. I actually do. It took me a long time to memorize that because I would go you know, a year without having to know it. So it took me a while, but yes, I do have that yeah. memorized at least. As soon as I found out there was a number that was mine, like that, that was just, just me, I, I had it memorized. I think it was like eight. I asked my mom to see it, and she was like, what? Why do you need to see your social security number? And I was like, well, because it's mine. She was like, well, yes, it is. She was like, but what are you going to do with it? And I was like, I'm going to remember it. <laughs> she goes, okay. I had something similar, but it was when I was 18. I had no idea ah. that there was a number, like a number that was specifically for me and it was right. about me and that was like something to memorize but my mom had it memorized which is good i have right. no idea what my daughter's is and i really should you should now, <laughs> now that we're talking about it yeah man <laughs> mine starts with six what, what is your you guys what, what is your social start mine, with? mine starts with a six okay five Five because I'm I'm older than you guys. That's true. That makes all the sense. Yeah, I'm in the, <laughs> I'm in the middle. So Zach, my my first are first numbers are six one one. Are yours? What's yours? Is it below that? Uh, no, mine's six oh seven. So yeah, no, it's below. It's oh, yes. oh yeah, six one one. Yeah, yeah. No, but it should be above. Interesting. interesting. I don't know. Huh. I don't know that it is actually has anything to do with that. I don't either. <laughs> Me neither. Now we're just speculating. That means like all the old people would have like zero 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 zero, you know. But like no, I think it's just the the whole point of it is that it's random. Yeah, that's probably right? true. But although I think driver's licenses, like my mother's started so, with okay. a C, and random mine starts is with a D. Mine's a D. My driver's license. Mine's, uh, I, I, I think he, hold on. My wallet's around here somewhere. Okay. So I, th- I think random is the wrong word. I think that they actually mean something. I think that there's a, there's an algorithm that it's like, so the first three mean that you were born at, you know, whatever month and whatever day or whatever, you know, and then the, the middle two are what place you were born, like what state. And then the last ones are your personal. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think that you can actually, like, categorize based on, on the first two groups of numbers where and when a person was born. Hmm. Let's see. I'm looking at Answers.com. What is the meaning of the first digit of Social Security number? 
The first three numbers determines the state it was issued in. Ha! <laughs> hmm. So it, it's broken up as A-A-A-G-G-S-S-S-S. First three numbers are geographical area of res- registrants and zip okay. code. Buh, 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 buh. Second two are the group code issued out in the following order as each group fills out the serial section, which is the last four digits. Odd numbers, 1 to 9, even 10 to 98, even 2 to what? No group can have all zeros. And of course, as stated before, the last four digits are the serial section issued in order. Okay, so it's geographical for the first three. Hmm. Okay, interesting. You learn something new every day. Yeah. Yeah. So six, I switched one, to one. whiskey. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So you could probably like, if our if our listeners were smart enough and wily <laughs> enough, they could probably determine exactly where we were born based on all of the information that we've so far disclosed in this conversation. I was yeah. born. Done. Done. <laughs> I was born at <laughs> San Joaquin County General. Nice. I was born in Washington Hospital in Fremont. Huh. Zach, I'm going to guess Assuming Dan. I was born in Dameron yeah. because my mom worked <laughs> there, but I have no idea. And that was back when they had, uh, they did that. They they birthed babies. Yeah. They do not do that anymore. At Dameron? Yeah, that uh, they stopped giving birth to babies during the did time. Did they just not believe in it? No, they just decided to to specialize in other in other areas. It's like fuck this. This isn't how things work anymore. Guys. <laughs> no, they decided to like focus on old people. But um, the like the time that they decided they were not going to do births anymore was while my wife, my pregnant wife, and I lived five blocks away from Dameron Hospital. <laughs> It's like sitting in your back pocket, like, okay, that's fine. At least we've got this. And then they're like, oh, guess what? Guys? Yeah. Jesus. It's like, oh, yeah, like we could walk down and give birth. But nope, nope. Turns out, uh, no, you got to drive to a different hospital. Great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've had uh, I have an, a long-lasting beef with Dameron. I, uh, I used to have to go to the hospital every year around October or November to get a breathing treatment. Just to concentrate it out, butyrol on a you know a little nebulizer type deal, right? So be, because of the things that I'm allergic to and the season change, right? No big deal. Just you know, fucking put me in a room. I don't even need a room. Put me in the hallway, right? So fucking Dameron, like it, I, I went in and be, be, based on the health insurance that I had, so I was uh, 13 at the time. I went in and I waited for eight hours before they could bring me back into the hallway. And then I waited for another hour before they put me in a room and then another 30 minutes before they could just hook up the damn machine. Yikes. Right. So like nine and a half minutes, I'm like, dude, or nine and a half hours total before they even just hooked me up to the machine. And then you have to sit on it for an hour. And I was like, dude, like I could have died. My lips were <laughs> blue. Like I was tingling. Like I'm, I'm here cause I'm not breathing. And you're just like, okay, well you, you, you know, you're not bleeding out of your asshole. So fucking <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Peace out. G. Yikes. Yeah. My mom went to Dam... Was it Dameron? Yeah, it was Dameron because I walked there. Uh, my mom got her knee replaced this last summer at Dameron. Oh, nice. 
Oh my god, dude! I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, yeah. She has a she has a new knee. And how uh, she like it? But so far, so <laughs> good. The um, hang on. Even do okay. Um, there was the like apparently like knee replacements are crazy now because mm-hmm. she went in one day, got her knee replaced, and then under forty eight hours later, they were sending her home. Yeah. Under, and physical therapy twice a week. Yeah. And under two hours after they replaced her knee, they had her walking around. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. So my job was like, like when it was clear that they were going to release her in the next few hours, like, like basically they were starting the paperwork. So it was like, cool. I got two hours. Um, it had become clear that in order to walk up the steps to her home, she would need a handrail. Okay. So I just I I was like, hey, I'm gonna go install a handrail at your house, and so then I <laughs> I pieced out and I built a handrail for her to, to enter her home. What a beautiful <laughs> son. Yeah, I'm a nice guy, and uh, yeah, it turns out she really needed it. <laughs> like it would have been incredibly hard had I not come by and done that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it would have been like the scene out of Men with Honor. Men of Honor. I don't know. With Cuba Gooding Jr. and and uh, Robert uh, De Niro. If you haven't know. seen this flick, it's a very good movie. You should absolutely watch it. Maybe they'll do a trivia on it one night, and I'll have to. And you'll have watch to, yeah. It. <laughs> so the so yeah, there's basically uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. was the first like Navy SEAL diver, sort of, and and Robert De Niro is like the the master chief, uh, who's like training him. And uh, he fucking gets his leg crushed, and and he has to do like this weird test later to prove because like the whole navy is trying to kick him out. He's like the first you know African American one, and they're like you know fuck you, like get out, we don't want you. But he's like no fuck you, like I'm gonna do this, you know. And so like they make him walk like ten steps in this brand new navy diving suit that that weighs like two hundred pounds, and he does it with like one leg. Hmm. Uh, you know, but the, so like the whole scene is like him just like like shuffling forward each step, and then Robert De Niro's like calling him Cookie and like telling him, "Come on, you motherfucker! Like you better go! Like come on, you bastard! It's great." But but that was your mom. Oh, okay, cool. Glad to hear it. <laughs> your mom, yeah, your mom was Cuba Gooding Jr. in that analogy. Boy, you don't realize how much like a, a steady drink will do for your tolerance. Meaning that I've only had one gin and tonic and about two swallows of whiskey now, and I am pretty well off. <laughs> you're, you're toasted. <laughs> well, you've been doing your keto thing, and correct. Yeah, are you are you done right. with that now? How does that, how does that nope. work? No, it continues. It's just that while I drink, I am not at all burning fat. I'm burning alcohol instead. Ah, right. Whereas so the it, other way. You know, as soon as good. What? Wait, I was going to ask how how much you've lost, but you should you should keep talking about your thing first. Oh, uh, twenty minutes, twenty pounds. Lost twenty pounds. I lost twenty minutes of weight. Oh, yikes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made it a full twenty. Cool. So um, I, yeah. And then what? Yeah. No, 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 keep going. I was going to say that. So the whole reason that it works is while you're fat adapted, you know your body pulls its its main fuel from its fat sources and since i've got a whole bunch of that my body's just getting fuel all the time so 
so it's constantly just burning fat. And I, I, I you know, you pee it out essentially is what it feels like. Hmm. You have to pee a bunch, but you have to hydrate. You have to hydrate, otherwise your kidneys are just bombarded with a whole bunch of fat, and that's no good for anyone. Oh, sure, that leads to kidney stones. Correct. I'm down. I'm down as of today, because I had to weigh myself before we ate all our all our snacks for the big game. <laughs> uh, I'm down twenty three point two pounds. Hey, right on, dude. Nice. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, I, I currently weigh less than I ever did in high school. Right on. Which is, I've found a weird thing because I had a lot more muscle in high school. <laughs> That's the thing that I'm, I'm at right now. I'm like, look, I am weaker than I have been. Yep. You know, I used to be like a solid fucking rock. Like, I have a black belt in Taekwondo. I don't know if you guys know that. And a, and a purple no. belt in Hapkido. Yeah, I, I fucking I used to be solid. Right. So I used to be able to jump and get my knees up to where my face is now currently, you know, fucking five and a half feet up. Wow. Back when I was. Yeah. But I haven't I haven't actually like set foot in a dojo since I was like 17. Um. So but yeah, so it's been, you know, <laughs> I used to be like a brick wall <laughs> of solid muscle. And now I'm just kind of like a blob. And the more weight that I lose, I'm like, like, I don't feel as strong anymore. And that's a weird thing. Like, not that you, you know, but it goes away. I didn't used to have to work out so much, but now I'm like, I'm not as. <laughs> <laughs> like, if someone hits me hard, I might hurt. It might suck a lot, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, the, the, so for me, it was like, oh, man, I, I weigh less than I did in high school. And then I just kind of like, like took stock. <laughs> Yeah, like, like well, shit. Took a Do second, I weigh less? Why? Took, weigh took less? a second look at myself and I was like, <laughs> "Huh, okay, I'm not yeah. smaller than I was in high school. I just, I just weigh yeah, less." Yeah, what? And what is going on here? <laughs> oh, okay. But luckily, uh, I, I have muscle. I have a small uh, twenty-one pound weight that I have to carry around most days, named Holly. And oh, I was gonna say that's an awkward amount. For yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's my daughter. It, you got that dad strength. <laughs> it's, a, it's coming back. It's all in my arms right now because I have found that dads and moms hold babies differently. Dads, yeah, put the weight all in their arm, and moms put the weight like in their on their body. Hip. Oh on yeah, their hip, yeah. yeah. And so, just because of the fact that I'm a dad and just naturally I'm putting all of the weight on my arm. Like I use my arm like a little bird's nest. Yeah. Bird's nest. Kind of like she sits, like she sits on my arm and I hold her. She sits on my forearm. And, uh, I want, I want that as an adult though. I want like a a giant man who just lets me sit on his arm. Like if Michael Clark Duncan (laughs) was still alive and he just like gave you a hug and picked you up. Dude, that would be so cool. Like, that would be amazing. But, like, also, like, really think about the size of a man that would, like, have just a regular man lay on his arm. Like, that's a big fucking person. <laughs> yeah. Michael Clark right? Duncan that's was very giant. short. He was actually a lot he shorter was. than people yeah. He was, like, realize. what, like 5'8", five, 5'10"? Five, Something like that. Yeah. And Ving Rhames, have you heard Ving Rhames' natural voice? No. What? It is surprisingly not what his any of his characters sound like. So he's got like this deep voice, you know, when he talks like that. Like his real voice is kind of like this. He, he he talks a little bit more like this, and he's very calculated. And uh, <laughs> it's it's a weird juxtaposition. Thing Rames, man, looking at him, 
I have a feeling that some of the movies I ascribe to Michael Clark Duncan may be Ving Rhames movies. Correct. <laughs> Correct. That is why I brought him up because yeah. my mind goes to him a lot of the time too. And it's like, you no, know, they're very similar. They both do the same thing like with their voice. Like they make it, you know, bigger and deeper, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Zach, do you remember this, this? I don't know if you, did you see, what was the movie called? The Island? Jude Law and uh, I will look it up right now. What's her name? The blonde girl who's not blonde in the Avengers movies. Scarlett Johansson. Thank you. Am I? Are you remember? Is that the right movie that I'm thinking of? I don't know. The island. They're in like some weird like it was like in the future. Oh, it's sounding familiar. And everyone thinks that that like there's been a big apocalypse and they have to live to in this Wikipedia. This thing. oh, is it Jude Law or is it Ewan McGregor? It's Ewan McGregor, most likely. I think it's yeah. I, think I get them mixed McGregor. up a lot. Oh shit! Me too. Yeah. It's Me funny too. that I searched for the island Jude Law and it, the ah. right movie still came up. So <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah, and like, and like it turned out that all these people were living in this like utopia because they were actually just clones being farmed for their organs yeah oh, oh yeah okay yeah i saw it yeah spoiler sorry yeah spoiler, yeah. Yeah. spoiler for a movie from 20 years ago from I don't know. 2005 <laughs> yeah i don't think yeah shame on you at this lot. point if you have not seen that you know like if, if you wanted for you if you yeah. wanted to see it you would i feel like you would have seen that yeah. yeah correct there's a scene real early on in the movie where michael clark duncan uh it's like you see it's when you learn that they're being farmed for their organs and it's like the scene of him trying to claw his bloody way away from the people trying to harvest his organs and uh being pulled back and it's frightening and it yeah lives in my mind to this day disturbing <sighs> disturbing <laughs> but that was when i learned that he was very short because they finally Showed his height comparatively. Yeah, they should comparatively showed his height in that movie. Whereas, like, I'm looking at pictures from the Green Mile, right where he's like a six foot eight dude. Yeah, he's a hundred miles taller yeah. than Tom Hanks. Where in real life, he was right. much shorter than Tom Hanks. <laughs> Which the Green Mile? Okay, have either of you read that book? No, I have read it, but it's been like, okay. Wait so a maybe minute. This says he's six five. Wait, really? And he was married to Omarosa. What wow. is going on? Sorry, go ahead with the Green Mile. I'm going to look cool. more into this. No, 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 that's <laughs> all right. Please do. Who, I mean, obviously Stallone is 5'10", right? Who was it that we were thinking of? Maybe Ving Rhames is not that tall. Ving Rhames is six foot. Oh, shit. What the hell is going on? All right, talk about the uh, Green man, Mile book. Man. I'm going to figure so, this out. So uh, I, I had a question, Zach. You might be able to answer this for me. Um, there was a scene in the Green Mile. I know. So in the movie, the Green Mile, uh, and this is purely the only thing that I have. I haven't read the book. When Sam Rockwell's character meets uh, Michael Clark Duncan's character for the first time, Michael Clark Duncan being the protagonist, you know, the John Coffey, yeah. you know, like the drink, only, you know, not spelled the same. Uh, so he meets him for the first time in the movie, like they kind of like magnetically like shake hands. And so, oh, first of all, Sam Rockwell is, is drugged up and he's doped up on, on something so that he can be com- compliant. And as soon as he touches Michael Clark Duncan, it's like a moment of clarity and like he zeroes in and Michael Clark Duncan is like, you're a bad man. 
and and Sam Rockwell goes bad as you want, and then like he they hold hands for a minute, and then like he fucking lets him go, and then he's back into the immediate like drugs, and like like Michael Clark Duncan is scared. Do, do you remember what I'm talking about? First of all, before I ask you the question, do you remember the scene? Um, vaguely, yeah. Just that. So like that is always giving me like like you know goosebumps. Bad as you want, right? But so I so basically, I guess my question is in the book. Do they explain more that weird connection between light and dark or like good and evil? Because that's what I thought that was, was just like like a pillar of good, like touches a pillar of evil just then and, and like a moment of clarity. But I, I, honest, weird. I honestly have a book and I've read it, but I don't <laughs> okay. remember okay. much of it. I read I mean, it, I think, when I was like 14. That's fair. That's fair. And Stephen and, King is, is like he throws a whole bunch of shit at you. And that was one of those things where... I think I read it during the summer where I got in the Stephen King kick and I read like, oh, yeah, yeah. I think I read it in like a day and a half. Sure. So I didn't retain nearly as much of it. Unfortunately, I should go back and reread it. Yeah. I've actually started, and, uh, to, started to read again. So did you have a book nice. report for you? <laughs> yeah, please. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Weekly book reports with Zach Hart. Yeah, I've done my research here, and apparently just, James, you and I were wrong. Michael Clark Duncan was an enormous man. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> well, I have no idea where I heard that then. I remember it. Maybe like it I remember like seeing feel better. Yeah. something, and it may have been from the island, because that's where my memory is. But I remember sure. seeing, the, like, oh, Michael Clark Duncan is not as, as tall as everyone thinks. Right. Guess how tall <laughs> James Cromwell is. How tall is James yeah, No, you have to guess. This is how the game works. Six, seven. You are exactly correct. Hey! Wow. wow. Damn, that's a tall dude. Yeah. Did you ever watch the movie W, either of you guys? W, yes. Yes, I did. No. It's been a long time. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. But I, there's, there's like a lot of scenes in W where, because cause Josh Brolin, let's find out how tall he is. Josh Brolin. Six two, right? Five ten. Josh Damn Brolin. Hmm. Anyways, see? that's so, one where you think he's a big dude. Yeah, Benicio del Toro is six two, which you would see in Usual Suspects, and that's about the only movie where you would see that. But um, so Josh Brolin, there's a lot of scenes in W where you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> how tall <laughs> was George H. W. Bush? <laughs> Why is he a million miles taller than right. than George W. Bush? Which, like, I think George H. W. was shorter. Let's find out. George H. W. Bush height. He is actually six two. Whoa, he's pretty tall. Hey, wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. And George W. Bush is six foot. Okay, but that's not a huge difference. No. Whereas no. in the movie, you're watching a 5'10 guy walk next to a 6'7 guy. Like, what is going on? You're like, on? come on, Cromwell. You can't get down on your knees or something. You can't do, like, give him some lifts in his shoes or just anything. Right. But I guess when you're almost, when nine inches is almost a foot taller than, than the other guy, like, it's hard to hide that. <laughs> like, they probably did. Give the shorter one lifts. You know what? They probably you know. did. And they probably had the taller one wear very short shoes. Yeah. Flat but shoes or no shoes. Yeah. There's only so much you can do. <laughs> Josh. Uh, Josh. Zach, I highly recommend W. 
for me, it was one of those movies where I went, I kind of went like, oh, okay, I understand George W. Bush's <laughs> presidency a little bit more now. Yeah, I, I remember when it came out, I heard it was good. But... It's an Oliver Stone, and Oliver Stone, like, it did, he pulled a lot more punches than I would have expected. But in well, general. Well, they wouldn't have released it. <laughs> yeah, well, they wouldn't have released it in theaters at the very least. Right. Right. Yeah, but um it's like it it feels very accurate. Obviously I wasn't there, so I don't know. <laughs> but it feels it feels really, really accurate. Just the treatment of George W. Bush, where it's like basically you come away from it and you're like, Well, George W. Bush was a guy who was trying really, really hard and uh kept Aligning himself with people who had much worse intentions than he did. Yeah. Which seems right with Carl Rove and, and, uh, uh, who's the guy? What's the other guy? His vice president. Um, Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. Cheney. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Which, which seems accurate with Carl Rove and Dick Cheney around him. Totally. He's a boob. He was a fucking pawn and and a puppet. You know, and Richard Dreyfus, Richard Dreyfus does this like chilling, accurate Dick Cheney impression throughout the movie. Yeah, he does. Fucking like, do not expect. Also, what about Bob? Just like look for Dick Cheney, dude. No, he also. Have you seen fucking Madoff? The no, movie Madoff or Bernie, whatever mm-hmm. it's called. He does a crazy fucking Bernie Madoff. I believe it. Like, what an actor is that guy? Yeah. Let's find out how tall he is, just for fun. Because I played. I this think he's game five six. Called five seven. Uh, ba ba Richard Dreyfus height, and I'll misspell height, but Google will forgive me. He's five five. Hey, all right. Well, now explain this game. Five seven. Oh, uh, it started as a game called Who's Fifty Seven. Okay. Where you had to okay. name celebrities. They just you go back and forth and you try and name someone like you're just guessing. You just try and name someone who's 57. Oh, is age wise? Uh, yes. And uh, Liam Neeson. Th- th- let's find out. Liam. No, Neeson. I think he's. I think he's actually like age. 62, right? He's 65. Ah, damn it. So, the, so the start off as a game. I would have lost. <laughs> well, you just like you have multiple chances. You have at least three chances. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's an OBE. Uh, we're gonna come back to that um so you try and name people who are 57 and then when people got wise to that and they started like kind of studying when i tried to play it with them uh we ch- i changed it we i changed it to who's five seven ah and then you had to nice. name uh famous people who were five seven hmm. kevin bacon he might be i'm gonna look at this obe thing oh that's that's just because he's a knight okay kevin Bacon height. Kevin Bacon is five ten. Ah, damn it! I'll give you. I'll give you a place to start. Tom Cruise is five seven. Interesting. I actually thought he was much shorter. I thought he was five four. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little guy. Got little yeah. arms, little feet. Really, really, really little. Rounded shoulders. <laughs> Is 5'4 really little? I don't know. I guess I've lost touch. I don't know. My wife is 5'4. She's, right. she's so pretty tall for know. a woman. I feel right. like what for a guy, 5'4 is per, on the short, definitely on the short side. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Duly noted. 
duly noted. Kevin Bacon is married to Kira Sedgwick. I knew that, actually. I didn't. The closer. The closer. <laughs> like, that's like when, when the closer first started, they were trying to focus on other aspects of her career to be like, Kira Sedgwick from all the stuff that you know. And now she's Kira Sedgwick, the closer. Yeah. Have you guys seen Heart and Souls? No. It's an old Robert Downey Jr. No. movie from like the early 90s. So she plays one of five ghosts that are attached to Robert Downey Jr. at birth. Uh, it's a very, it's, you know, it's a fun, it's a fun movie for, you know, it's family, it's family fun movie. Oh, they're his um, guardian angels. He has four guardian yeah, angels. Correct. Four. Yeah, that's right. Four. Uh, one of them is Tom Sizemore. The other one is Alfred Woodard and, uh, Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. Yeah. And Kira Sedgwick. And, uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great fun romp. They, they connect with him by singing, uh, walk like a man. Walk like a man, oh, yeah, talk yeah. like a man. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's got Elizabeth Shue mm. as a love interest. Yeah, Elizabeth Shue. Have either of you guys seen Hamlet Two? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Hamlet Two. Zach, you ought to see Hamlet Two. You've been to Tucson. Yeah, at you least like once. It, actually. <clears throat> I actually have not been to Tucson. Have you not? You never went to visit Brian when he lived there. Mm-mm. Oh, no. Okay. That the, I've like, seen him in. The final line in Hamlet 2 is your life is going to be great because no matter where you go, it's going to be better than Tucson. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a point in Hamlet 2 where this guy, it's like this guy who just thinks he's a great actor and he like is directing at a high school. (laughs) He, he sees this nurse at a hospital or somewhere. And he's like, you know what? You remind me of my favorite actress, Elizabeth Shue. And she goes, I am Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> just as a nurse. Oh. Because acting didn't on. really work out for Elizabeth Shue, and she doesn't do that anymore. <clears throat> and he, oh, that's right. He listed Adventures in Babysitting as, like, her greatest work. Yeah. Yeah, but she was in Which, Back to the Future 2 and 3. Also, surprising cameo from Vincent D'Onofrio as Thor. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. You should watch Hamlet, too. It's yeah. high, this high school drama teacher gets a bug up his butt that he's going to write the sequel to Hamlet. Dude, Steve Coogan. Yeah, Steve like every, Coogan. Every single thing he's been in has got a bug up his butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he lives in Tucson. And in Tucson, you know how... Well, in Arizona, maybe you know this, that they have the drive-up liquor stores. I've yeah. heard of it. I haven't been to one. It's weird, and, it's weird and interesting. But um, So he has several DUIs on him, and he cannot drive. So he roller skates everywhere he goes. And so there's a lot of scenes. He's also an alcoholic. There's a lot of scenes of him roller skating up to one of these drive-up liquor stores and having them give him... <laughs> give him alcohol and then shoom shoom roller skating back home <laughs> with his alcohol oh my god <laughs> and he, he goes oh I have, a, I have the perfect plot device to explain why Hamlet 2 can happen even though all the characters killed themselves at the end of Hamlet <laughs> and it's because the, of it's Jesus came by in a time machine and picked him up <laughs> oh my god Oh my god! Which really is the only possible yeah thing. Oh yeah, it's got a great cameo. Yeah, <laughs> what else? What else could you do? 
There's a great cameo by Amy Poehler as like an ACLU lawyer who's making <laughs> sure that the show can go on. It's such a good movie. Have you guys ever seen Rosencrans and Guildenstern are dead? I've seen some of it. Like I've seen the opening scenes where they invent the sandwich. Okay, sweet. Perfect. I have not seen that. It's one of my favorite of all time plays, live action plays. It's amazing. So the whole premise is, first of all, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are uh, characters within the play Hamlet. They're Hamlet's guards. Right? They show yeah, up Hamlet's and they're buddies. like, why are you yeah. so sad, dude? Come on, let's have fun. Yeah, yeah let's, let's fucking hang out. Right? So, it, but in the, sh- in the play, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. They only exist, like, within the construct of the, of the play Hamlet. And outside of that, they live in sort of a weird purgatory, hmm. right? And so they, they sort of come to realize that they are actually only characters in somebody else's story and that they don't have any sort of real meaning otherwise. But they meet the merry players along the way and they sort of, you know, like, the, so there's a running bit throughout the, throughout the show. Um, they flip a coin and it's just heads. It's heads like 100% of the time. It's heads and heads and heads. And they're like, look, fucking what the fuck is going on here? Something is different. Like, like clearly, it should be tails at one point, but it's just heads. It's heads and heads and heads. And neither one of them knows which one is Rosencrantz or Guildenstern, but they both collectively know that they are Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Huh. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a mind fuck. Like, especially when you're watching it, like, on, you know, in live theater. But the movie, like, it's such rapid fire. It's Gary Oldman and Tim Roth. And the dialogue is just bing, 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 bing. You know, and then they show you like snippets of Hamlet. Like Hamlet comes in, you meet Hamlet, you see the fucking, you know, like all of these like little bits of existence within the, the world of Hamlet. But then at the same time, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are just questioning their whole existence and just like going, well, like, well, fucking what happens if this happens then? That's crazy. I, I realize now that the like 20 minutes of that movie I watched were before I knew <laughs> who Gary Oldman or Tim Roth were. Right, because I would have right. known. Now that you know that. who they are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow, I'm gonna have to yeah. take another look at that movie. It's brilliant. It's one of the most well acted movies that I've ever seen, because they both just keep like they're both the same character but completely different. You know, like yeah. it's, it's they're both. You know, I, I I can't explain it further than that. You should watch it, listeners. Watch the show. Come back and <laughs> tell us how we how we <laughs> Man, Tim Roth and Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman does everything. I know. What does Gary Oldman not do? He's like the the best like Hollywood chameleon that there is. Absolutely. He's like who's that guy from V for Vendetta who plays Elrond? Uh, Hugo. Oh Levy. Lord. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He's another one. He is. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie um, um, Tiptoes? Tiptoes. Uh, Where Gary Oldman so. plays a little person? I have not. No? That's amazing. <laughs> Tiptoes, you said? I think it's called Tiptoes. That's almost offensive that they wouldn't get an actual little person actor. Yeah. No, there are little people actors. The whole thing is about little people. Like, the whole... It's very odd. What is the <laughs> name of the movie? It's a real weird Tip-tip movie. With Gary Oldman. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Uh... Peter Dinklage. Peter came Dinklage. Back mm-hmm. that's, that's hilarious. That's worth watching. Gary Oldman plays a little huh. person, and the only thing that he does is that's like very specific camera angles, and he kind of pulls his arms in a little bit and stands on his knees. 
okay, of course, which is totally <laughs> offensive. It's very offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Dinklage plays this... F- I think he's English, and he has a French girlfriend with... Oh my Cora god, I'm Rose. looking at... Yeah, I'm looking at pictures. It's it's horrifying. That's amazing. That's the, amazing. The entire movie, they are not part of the plot, but they're always <laughs> they're always near the plot. So like there's a whole big thing in the middle of a park with the whole family, but then like up on a hill nearby are Peter Dinklage and his French girlfriend. And they're having a totally separate conversation. So we'll just cut to them like, talking for a while. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey and Gary Oldman are twins. Okay, perfect. Of course they are. And one of them is a midget. So one twin came out as a little person and one came out as a a regular person. What is the likelihood of that happening in real life? It's On a completely side tangent. I know in Little People Big World it happened. Okay. As twins, though? Yeah, as twins. Oh, interesting. So apparently totally likely. So... They're twins, but Matthew McConaughey is ashamed of the fact that um, his parents are little people and his twin brother is a little person, so he never tells anyone. Of course. Um, Oh, man, what else can I tell you about this movie? Because it's real weird. There's a literal line in the movie that goes something like, like he's he's finally opened up to his girlfriend about the, like, his little people background. And, uh... (laughs) His girlfriend, in response to what he says to her, she says something like, you had a circle jerk with a bunch of little people? That's great. Why didn't you ever tell me that? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he eventually gets her pregnant. And when they find out (laughs) through the ultrasound that her baby is a little person, uh, he gets so mad that he punches a hole in the wall and then he leaves her. <laughs> he literally, he leaves her. Like, that's the last we see of Matthew McConaughey in the movie. Then she has to, like, she, he's like, I love you, but I can't do this. <laughs> leaves her. She has to write out the rest of the pregnancy alone and get birth alone. Sort of supported by his family. <laughs> It's a very strange movie. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds sounds interesting. Tiptoes. Oh my god. I have that bookmarked now with all the other movies I've bookmarked. (laughs) Tiptoes. I want to see reception on the uh, Wikipedia article. (laughs) Critical reception was negative. Based on seven reviews, the film carries a rotten rating of 29%. Tomatoes. Of course. Bill Gibran of Pop Matters called the film insensitive, adding, <laughs> clearly crafted as a wake-up call to all the nasty normals out there. It substitutes <laughs> schmaltz for sincerity to create a heated hate crime all its own. Oh, man. Variety. Man, that's, uh, <laughs> that's deep. Yeah. Deep burn. Variety yeah. reviewer Lisa Nesselson described the film as an honorable failure that comes up short in many departments, despite its bracingly peculiar premise and astonishingly fine performance from Gary Holdman. (laughs) (laughs) 
Gary Oldman's performance was included in BBC critic Mark Kermode's Great Acting in Bad Films in 2012. (laughs) So apparently Gary Oldman did a great job. Oh, David L. Greer is in it. Hope he fucking has that article on his wall, Mr. Oldman. (laughs) Yeah, and this is back when no one cared who Peter Dinklage was. He was just another little person. Yeah. This is around the time that he was an elf. Yep. And uh, I want to say uh, Human Nature, right? Human Nature. What so, it, 2004, 2005, 2004? Human, Maybe 2003. Human Nature is, uh, you, you, so you don't mean the track from the Thriller album in 1982. Correct. I mean, <laughs> uh, it might be called something else, Animal Nature. It's got Rice Iffins and uh, Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette is in Tiptoes. So let's see. Oh, interesting. 2001. For human nature. Ah, gotcha. Yep, with Patricia Arquette. Yep. Yep. Uh, he plays a suave motherfucker in that one, Peter Dinklage. It's got Tim Robbins. Yeah, oh. dude. Yeah, so Tim Robbins is a scientist, uh, and uh, so is Patricia Arquette. Rice yep. Iffins is a man who was raised by monkeys, and they bring him in, uh, and they sort of, like, teach him culture, and they let him, you know... you know who Rice Iffins is? No, I'm not uh, Rice now. Iffins is... Uh, in the replacements with Keanu Reeves, he was the wiry kicker. Or in Little Nicky, he was the British brother, the oh, one who was not got uh, it with Zeus that. Lister. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, he, and uh, he's also so, Xenophilius Lovegood in Harry Potter correct. and the Deathly yeah, Hallows Part right. One. Which I, on a side note, completely unrelated to that, was very upset by that. He's a goofy, goofy actor, and that's a goofy character, but they made that dude super sinister and super, like, dark and serious in that film. Anyways, so, uh, uh, back to human nature. So, Tim Robbins is a scientist, and he wants to, like, his whole thing is he wants to, like, teach that you can create, like, culture within, like, a a beast, you know? So, he's got, like, the perfect candidate here. And then, uh, but lo and behold, the entire time, Patricia Arquette has got this condition that makes her like, covered in hair, so she has to, like, shave herself, and she's, like, ashamed, and then, like, uh, she ends up falling in love with the Rice Iffins character, the the monkey man, and then, like, they run away, and then, like, Tim Robbins, like, kidnaps Rice Iffins, and then uh, she, like, goes and falls in love with Peter Dinklage, who, like, comes back, and he just has, like, this really cool fucking monologue where he's got his hair all slicked back, and he's got a gun with a silencer, and he just, like, speaks in French and then steals Tim Robbins' fucking assistant, too. is like, you know, hey, you're fucking beautiful, and, like, like, in France, you know, French, and just, like, she's like, yeah, I'm gonna go with him, too. Like, it's, it's perfect. It's oh great. God. It's a Michelle Gondry, so with the, the crazy nature of the plot you're describing uh, adds up. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that was part of it, too. Like, Tim Robbins and Patricia Arquette used to date, but then she found out that he was, like, a monster, and he was, like, obsessed with, like, like you know, Rice Evans. And, like, she goes and, like, becomes a badass and then comes back with, like, French-speaking Peter Dinklage and a gun. And he, like, yeah, comes in and, like, cleans house. It's got Hilary Duff as a young Patricia Arquette. Mm-hmm. It's got Rosie Perez. Oh, it's, yeah. Miranda Otto. And it's wow. Really, really absurd. Like it left me with sort of the same feeling of uh being John Malkovich. Where you just it the, finishes me, and you're let like, Let me just tell what? you something right now. <laughs> Steven Soderbergh was first interested in directing Charlie Kaufman's script back in late nineteen ninety six when Kaufman was still trying to get being John Malkovich produced. So it's the same writer. <laughs> it's the same <laughs> shit. It's the same feeling, see? 
Yeah, so... Chris Kattan was originally supposed to play the Ricephans role. Oh, of course. Because back of when, his when Mr. Fucking Peepers Mango and Yeah, Mr. Peepers. Mr. Peepers was a thing, yeah. And Marissa Tomei was supposed to be the Patricia Arquette role. Oh, man, that would have been a completely different movie. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You ever Weird. see um, Michelle Gondry's sweeted trailer of... Uh, be kind, rewind. Yes, I, in fact, that's no all idea. that I've seen of that movie. Be kind, rewind. Have you, Zach? Have you seen Be Kind, Rewind? No. Uh, the plot is basically there's a terrible renta video store staffed by Jack Black and <laughs> who's the rapper? Oh man. Most death. Most death. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking it up on. on on Google right now. <laughs> Jack Black accidentally gets himself magnetized somehow, like lightning strikes him or something like that. <sighs> and as he's wandering through their video rental store where they're renting VHSs, he erases, erases. every single video they have. <laughs> so... And like the owner is, is the owner Danny Glover? Uh, I don't know. Is, I, is Danny Glover know. in it? Yes. I'm not going to lie. I think I've only seen the preview. Okay, so Danny Glover's <laughs> the owner, and they're like, he's the owner of the store, and he's very, they like him a lot, and they're trying to like do good by him and like help him make the store a success, so, but it's while he's gone on vacation or something, he they, they accidentally erase every video in the store, so they cannot rent any of the videos. Okay. So what they do is they get a little VCR camcorder and they sort of, from what they remember of each movie in the store, they re-act out the movie in like a very terrible low-budget way. But, so like the first time they do this with whatever, (laughs) RoboCop or something, um, I know RoboCop is one of them for sure. They the person comes back and they're like, "This is not the movie I remember." And they're like, "Oh, it's uh, it's it's Swedish, right? Yeah, it's, it's the it's, Swedish it's version. It's the Swedish version." <laughs> and so now everyone is like a big fan of their movies, and they want all of these Sweded versions of the movies, the Swedish versions of all these movies. <laughs> so they have to go through and they have to make every single <laughs> movie <laughs> that they rent. And so it's it's a real fun movie, and eventually there's there's a whole thing. It's a great movie. You should watch it. But um, as a promo for the movie, Michelle Gondry, who directed it, made a sweeted version of Be Kind Rewind, <laughs> where in the in the little video, it's on YouTube. You can check it out. Um, something goes wrong while they're trying to show the preview, and it's like all erased. And so then it's Michelle Gondry. <laughs> sort of single-handedly trying to act out everything that happens in the movie being every single character in the movie. It's awesome. It's totally meta. It's very cool. I'll have to check that out. The more I read it, the more I feel like I've like seen part of it. But you you may have. There was a time when it was a movie to see. It came out in 2008. Before Michelle Gondry was... That was as he was becoming a big deal. I think Eternal Sunshine is when he became a big deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Because he was just sort of a dude up until then. And then I think he did enough like really cool things in Eternal Sunshine that was actually accessible. 
where he finally like arrived <laughs> and became Michelle Gondry. Let's see. Science of Sleep was weird. Oh yeah, he did Green Hornet. The We and the I, Mood Indigo. Oh, he won. He won an Oscar for Eternal Sunshine. I did not know that. What was the Oscar? Uh, best original screenplay. Ah, because he he wrote it in addition to directing it. Interesting. Yeah. Eternal At least Sunshine. he didn't make himself oh. star in it. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think he. I think he knows that he's not a good actor. <laughs> Eternal Sunshine is in my. It's probably in my top ten movies. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It it's a weird ride. Yeah, that's one. Would you? Yeah. Hmm? Would is I do the, that? The the question. Would you? Eh. Like, would would you erase your memory of of fucking some shit? Before I met my wife, my answer would have been yes. And now I'm ah. now I'm good. Right now you're fine. Yeah. How about <laughs> how about you? Agreed. Same same. Yeah. Before I met my wife, I w- absolutely would have been like, "Fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> out memories. Yeah, there are quite a few things I would have erased before before I met her. Yeah. How, how about you, Zach? Would you would you do an Eternal Sunshine? No, no, I'm I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about a butterfly effect? But... Would you do one of those? I know, like that's the, that's. I haven't right. watched that yeah. movie since it came out. Yeah. So okay. Weird. So what so what does the, it mean? What he does is he either reviews journal entries or old family videos, and can go back to that moment and change the way that he behaved in that moment, and that changes the entire outcome for the rest of his life. Oh. But he can never tell what way it's going to change it. That's right, and he keeps like yeah. he keeps having to go back and fix it. Yeah. Correct. No. 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 Yeah, I probably wouldn't either. For me, that one, like, I I kind of thought I was stupid as I was watching that one. And <laughs> which it falls under the same category as uh, the number 23. Yeah, like, what the fuck is this, dude? Like, come on. Which is Jim Carrey's favorite number. Did you know that? It's his, like his magic number. Oh, I did not. Yeah, so it probably could have been called any number you wanted, the number 15 or just anything. But, and still would have, yeah. But when they cast Jim Carrey, I think he made them change it to the number 23. Man. Because there's, in, in the original, oh, no, not 23 film, the number 23. Um, In the original, uh, Damn the, it. the it's fine, the theater release of Bruce Almighty, when God called his phone and they showed it, it was not a five 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 number. It was like nine three one two three two three or something like that. So nationwide, people who had whatever number started getting called all the time with people <laughs> having messages for God. And then in the DVD release, it just they just changed it to five 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 one two three four, which still included twenty three. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Which Bruce Almighty is another movie that I like way more than that movie has ever earned. Yeah, <laughs> I like that movie. I a remember lot. liking it a lot, but I, I honestly haven't watched it in so long. I'm not sure if I would still like it. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Almighty holds up. Evan it Almighty, does. no, not so much. Even at the time, Evan Almighty did not hold up. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. I, I, I never went. I've never seen Evan Almighty, and I can tell you that it is not good. <laughs> yeah. It, look, okay, it's not bad, but it was trying too hard. It was trying so hard. 
Bruce Almighty, like, yeah, there was a message, but it didn't beat you over the head with it. Evan Almighty was like, hey, here's the message. <laughs> there are a couple things that they should have paid attention to after Bruce Almighty got released. Like, they should have been happy with what they did. But, right. you know, there were some <clears throat> some new Jim Carrey catchphrases they were trying to get into the, like, national language from yeah. Bruce Almighty. And none of them, like, no one says these things. Um, like what? As a person who has watched Bruce Almighty on DVD too many times, including the director's commentary, uh, you remember how he, he kept going like, it's good, it's good. Yep. Yep, yeah. that was one that they thought would catch on. And sure. uh, the other one was B-E-A beautiful. Yeah, that's um, yeah. And they tried real hard, and no one said those things after the movie <laughs> came out. And <laughs> that should have been their clue that they should not have made Evan Almighty. But yeah. they didn't listen. <laughs> they, <laughs> they tried. They tried. They tried too hard. One of the funniest scenes in Bruce Almighty was the one where Bruce was fucking with Evan and made it so he couldn't <laughs> speak English. Yep. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. You know, but that was just Steve Carell and that was like the based like physical humor. Yep. You know what I mean? It wasn't like intellectual humor. Like it was just a fucking bit. Like But it was funny. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> There's a lot of funny stuff in the freaking movie. I love that movie. <laughs> it's like I like it's weird, but I think I've seen that movie 25 times, maybe more. Oh, probably, probably. <laughs> Still on Evan my shelf. Almighty or Bruce Almighty. Yeah, Bruce Almighty. I've not seen Evan Almighty. Not once. No. I don't, mean, don't okay. plan to. It's a warmer feeling at the end. It's a more family-centric movie. I believe it. That, that seems sense. like the, the basis of it would be that. Right. Is right. there a flood? What happens? What? Okay. Uh, listen, for any of our listeners who have not seen this movie and are going to see <laughs> this movie, le- like, turn away now. What took turn, you so long? Just press mute and now. now right, yeah. Oh, turn how, away. how dare you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, there's a flood, but not so, like... They they make you think that there's not going to be one at first, and then there you know, there, there was a line that you probably remember from the preview, where as uh, what if you know what if God didn't do it, and then Evan's like, oh if that's true, I'm going to be so pissed, you know. But he does it, but after like people are like, oh come on, what's going on? But no, like he builds a flood, or he builds an ark, and then all of a sudden like these animals come, and he gets this weird beard and this weird like robe. Mm-hmm. And but what it really is is him fighting corporate development, and John Goodman's character is like the head of like a legal like department for a real estate company, and they cut a whole bunch of corners when they were building a dam, and the dam broke, and that's what caused the flood of uh-huh. land. But everybody was already prepared to go into the ark, and then they flew and they rode the ark right into City Hall as John Goodman's character was about to get voted into office. And then he gets there and all the animals are like, hey, bitch, shut up. Fucking <laughs> listen to what, what Eva, you know, Evan slash Noah has to say. And John Goodman's like, okay, fine. And then they carry him away. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it really is. John Goodman's then, second oh, career as, a, as a, a movie villain. Right. Yeah, exactly. So ARC, just so that you know, stands for Act a Random Kindness. That's the whole message of this one, you know, is to, like, be kind and pay it forward and do the shit, you know, that God forces you to do, whether or not you know it's going to be beneficial. An act of random kindness, A-R-K. Right, so that's, yeah, yeah, there it is. So there's that. (laughs) With with that, 
I will I, I will continue to resist ever watching that movie. Oh. <laughs> uh. But it's a good wholesome message, CJ. No, yeah, I, 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 hey, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad message. I'm just saying I'm not going to listen to it. <laughs> yes, man. Uh, Did you guys see Yes, man? No, I wanted to. I don't believe I saw it. No, that's a good one. But um, I, I liked it so much that I bought the book because it's oh, based nice. on a book, and the yeah. book is totally different. Is it darker? Um, darker. The movie looked kind of like like Happy Go Lucky to me. It's more mundane. like trying to bring back Jim Carrey as a funny guy. Yeah, it's sort of like that. It's more mundane. The book is like it's. I I did it after I after I watched the movie. I was like that was fun, and then I found out there was a book, and I was like, yeah, hey, I'll read that. And then after I read the book, I went, ooh, I want to do that. And so I did. I did the Yes Man thing for two months. I remember you saying that. Yeah, I got. I was a part of some of that. It's talking to me. But no, that that was way before I did Stockton Civic. Oh, this was this is back when I lived in Sonora and I worked at my pizza place, and uh, <laughs> I did the yes man thing, and I ended up with a girlfriend that I didn't uh, care for, but she kept asking all the right questions, and <laughs> I ended up like it. Still, it was like a lot of experiences I would not have otherwise had. What else happened? I worked a lot. Because they kept calling me for extra shifts, and I kept saying yes because that was like the whole thing. <laughs> say yes to things. So I worked a lot. What I were, made a lot of money. What's that? What were some other experiences that you had? Ah, oh, man. I have a notebook somewhere that I recently got from my mom's house that she, with stuff that she made me go through and take or give away. I'd have to, <laughs> I'd have to check the notebook because I documented it pretty well. Nice. <laughs> but. Oh man, I also like I drove to like a lot of cool locations that I otherwise would not have gone to. Overall, I would say if you want to do the yes man thing, do it, but set a lot of very specific ground rules ahead of time. Like what? Uh one of the things that they don't address in the movie that he does address in the book is anyone who knows that you are doing the yes man thing you are allowed to say no to. Right, because fuck you. <laughs> right, like there's a whole bunch of things. Like Danny Masterson's in the movie, and there's this thing okay. where Danny Masterson's like, you're just going to say yes to anything? And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, okay, so you're going to buy the next round, right? Yep. And so then yeah, like that's a, that's a little no. trope throughout the movie that he always buys all of the beer that anyone drinks when they're together because <laughs> he's going to say yes. Because Danny Masterson suggests. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that's a very good rule that's in the book. If someone knows about it, then you're allowed to say no to them because they might take advantage of you. There's certain other things. The other rules are like like nothing life-threatening. Other things like that. Like in the book, it's a guy who lives in London. And so he's never driven a car or owned a car. And he ends up having a car. Like through saying yes, he buys a car. And then through saying yes, he drives that car to Stonehenge from London. And I always remember there's this very funny thing in the book where he's doing the math. He's like, whenever I drive in London, it takes me at least six minutes to go one mile. And Stonehenge is 78 miles away. So by that math, it's going to take me nine days to get to Stonehenge. 
<laughs> and then he's pleasantly surprised when it only takes him, you know, whatever, two Four hours. hours or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know. Yes Man's, yes Man's very worthwhile. I'll give it a shot. The movie's kind of whatever. Not a movie watcher. The, the movie's whatever. The book is very good. I have the book somewhere. I have a lot of books somewhere, I've noticed. <laughs> books All of my have, books are somewhere. Yeah. Well, no, it's like books that have made a huge impact on me. And then I go, I like, for right now, I just turned my shoulder over to look at the only bookshelf in the house to see if it was there. And I know it's not. I also don't know where it is. <laughs> right. Do you guys have books like that? Like big, big impact books? I have about seven. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't know where this one currently is, but I one time when I was in Chicago, I found this book on the street called Ismail, <sighs> and I read it, and it completely changed my life. Like it starts out by saying, "Like I'm going to teach you how to change the world," and I <laughs> fucking I read this thing going, "Yeah, this is it." So like the juxtaposition of it, I was I was selling my plasma at the time when I was broke ass and fucking needed some money in Chicago. And I was reading this book and it was basically like a telepathic gorilla explaining to a man how uh, human beings had, had fucked up in the, the starting of cultivating plants and the knowledge of good and evil. Like when they decided that they were the ones who controlled, you know, who lived and died and, 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 you know, that sort of thing. And whether what plants lived and died, like that's when it started creating the difference between, you know, like every other animal in nature has a, a balance. Like if the animals eat too much, then they die out and then, the, you know, and it sort of replaces itself, but humans don't. And so this whole thing was like, you know, like, yeah, it sounds fucked up, but you need to stop doing agriculture. You need to stop doing this. You need to like live for yourself. You know, it was, it was a weird, yeah. it was a weird book. It's male. Um, have you ever read or heard of the once and future King by TH white? Yes. I've heard of it. I haven't read it. It is worthwhile. It's very, it's, it's very similar. Uh, is that about King Arthur? Bro? Yes. Uh, T.H. White is a guy, a weirdo who lived in a cabin all alone, and the only book he ever read front to back was Mort d'Artour, the okay, the story of the death of King Arthur. And so T.H. White also had a lot of thoughts on government and society and things like that. But the only way he knew to like write them down was to write them down as a story about King Arthur. Okay. So the Once and Future King is a story about King Arthur sitting down. It's the it's the third in a trilogy. So there's okay. a, there's a whole trilogy like you know the story of like like in the Sword in the Stone movie where like Arthur turns into all these different animals to like learn lessons about how to be a good king. Right. Yeah. That's actually taken from. T.H. White's trilogy about King Arthur. Okay. And because in that, there are certain animals who talk, like he talks to a badger and a goose and stuff like that. And, um, and Merlin has him do that. And, and what Merlin is doing is teaching him about governance through how different animals, uh, govern themselves. Oh, Okay. So the Once and Future King is kind of – it takes all of that and puts it together. Like he learns about ants and about how ants are fascists and uh, like uh, in the anthill, there's a big sign in the anthill that says anything not forbidden is compulsory. So anything that we specifically say you cannot do 
is something that you have to do. You must do? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And they decide that the best form of government is uh, Canadian geese who live in a neo-tribal patriarchal society where the strongest goose who knows where to go is the leader of a small group that is mostly a family. And everything else is wrong. I don't remember all these specifics, but it's it's a lo- <laughs> <laughs> it's like he 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 lives as all these different types of animals and bugs and stuff like that, and he's learning about how uh, like capitalism. In that book, they talk about how capitalism is specific to humans. There is no known example of capitalism in nature, except that in certain groups of chimps, some chimps who are considered stronger in um, a chimp family group will force lower-level chimps to vomit up the food they've eaten and take it from them. My God. (laughs) I'm having this, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) This is my shit. Yeah, it's real real weird. But, yeah. Where was this written? Oh, man. Book I read belonged to my father, so it was written at least in the eighties, but probably in the fifties or sixties. Let's find out. Because the since there have been specifically with regards to monkeys, there have been uh, numerous studies that have indicated that monkeys uh, understand currency. Yeah, they use grooming as a means of currency. Exactly, bonobos most specifically. Bonobos specifically, yeah. But yeah. bonobos are but also dude, weird and sexual. <laughs> they, they, they are. They are. They but masturbate bonobos, all like, day. Dude, so what? Well, so do I. So, I mean, not I. Humans. <laughs> so do humans. What are you talking about? Humans. I. What do you mean? I. So, but no. Have you seen? Have you seen fucking that video of the bonobo playing uh, Pac-Man? No. It's crazy. It is absolutely insane. On SNL uh, this weekend, I saw a video of a rat taking a shower. Excellent. And like actually scrubbing that, itself. The shower rodent, yeah. Yeah. On uh, It's on Reddit. It's a big, it's a South American rodent oh. that exists. Yeah. T.H. Uh, White's Once in Future King came out in 1958. His previous novels that it's like a collection and a revision of his previous novels all thrown together are from 38 and 41. Ah, okay. So he had Stalin and Hitler in mind when he was <laughs> writing, <laughs> writing about Arthur. Yeah, because T. H. White lived from 1906 to 64. Yeah, Sword in the Stone is one of his books. Sword in the Stone, the, where the yeah. Disney got its uh, idea. Yeah, from T. H. White, mm. born in Bombay. Really. He's a white guy, but, uh, you know, that was back when it was called British India. (laughs) (laughs) Or as I like to refer to it, Brindia. Yeah. (laughs) I have a big, like a literal, you know the big sacks of money that you would steal from a bank in the 30s? Yeah, sure. I have one of those that is literally filled with old uh, foreign currency. (laughs) Okay. Really? It's amazing how much of that foreign currency from lots and lots of different countries has pictures of the queen on it. Yeah. She gets around that lady. Hong Kong. Yeah. I got a lot of yuan with pictures of the queen on it. Yeah. Does not surprise me. 
They got around those those English. <laughs> Specifically, her. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that queen got around. I'm making a cheese skirt by itself without the burger. Have you guys ever gone to the Squeeze In Burger? Once. I have not. It's in Lincoln Center. There's one in Tracy too. Yeah. Um, so they'll give you, uh, you know, you can ask for a burger with with a cheese skirt, and it's just a whole bunch of extra cheddar cheese piled onto your burger, and it makes like a like a Saturn ring of cheese around your your hamburger, and it's the most amazing thing in the world. I can't do it because of cheese. Uh, you cheese. cheese. Yeah. Does it give you gas or does it stop you up? Um. I, it just doesn't taste good if I have too much. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I uh, mm. it, That is the main staple for the ketogenic diet. Cheese and meat. Hard-boiled eggs? Is that a big thing? It is. It is indeed. I did a new hard-boiled egg recipe, even though I don't eat the eggs, but my, my daughter does. <laughs> and What uh, was the recipe? What you do is you put the eggs in cold water. Uh-huh. In the pot. Okay. Interesting. With some baking soda. Okay. You, by the time you've put the eggs in the pot, you have punctured the bottom of the eggs. Gotcha. You bring it to a boil. Okay. You you let it boil for exactly one minute. At a rolling boil. Then you put a lid on the pot. You take it off the heat. You let that sit for exactly ten minutes. Okay. During that 10 minutes, you were making a bowl full of ice and water. After the 10 minutes, you put the you take the eggs out of the hot water, you put them into the ice water, and you let them sit there for 5 minutes. Then you peel them, and it's perfect every time and it peels very easily because of the baking soda in the boiling water. Right. Right. That's interesting. Know. Yeah, so if you want to make uh, hard-boiled eggs, go ahead and do that. I uh, uh, it I have to hold my breath the whole time I'm <laughs> cutting up these eggs and feeding them to my daughter, but she loves them. She can't get enough. So you can also, after that, if you're interested, for yourself maybe trying, you like soy sauce? Yeah. Yeah, so you can uh, boil them. So after you after you cook them, you can peel them. And throw them into a little saucepan with some boiling um, soy sauce. There's a little bit of salt if you want, or not, and it will it will absolutely color and flavor the egg whites with soy sauce. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. My wife might hmm. like that, but I know that's a big part of being paleo slash keto slash Atkins is hard boiled eggs. Like if yeah, if, if you need a snack, eat a hard boiled egg. If you're still hungry, eat a couple pieces of salami. Exactly. It's protein. It's protein. And it's got a good fat ratio to it, so it's not like you're overloading yourself with protein because it's got enough fat in it. That's the biggest thing that makes it so hard for me to uh, do a high-protein diet. Is the the fat? The ache. Oh, yeah. It's real easy to have a high-protein diet if you're just eating eggs all the time. Like they say Adam Driver when he was going to Juilliard would like eat five eggs and then run to yeah. school. What about like avocado? 
Avocado is gross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I happen to actually agree with you on that 100%. The only way I eat it if it's, like, not quite ripe yet. If it's hard. And then I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But if it's mushy, not into it. Uh, it just, it just, it tastes bad. It's not, it's not a good food. <laughs> like, overall, just shouldn't exist. Yeah. I like to watch cooking shows, and then as I watch the cooking shows, I realize, like, I could never be a judge. Because <laughs> you're like, no, fuck this. But there's that, and there's also like I'm throwing up into a bucket and going like, "Is there aioli on this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I often wonder what is the criteria for like the judges. Do you have to prove that you have like no food allergies and you'll eat fucking whatever? Because like I saw one where with like Kaylee Kawako. Do you know who that is uh-huh. from uh, from uh, the Big Bang Theory? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So they did that, and they had like some terrible fish. As the main ingredient for the fucking, for like sardines or something. And she was like, well, like, this is fun. Like, I was expecting, I was hoping something, you know, different. But like, of course I'm going to eat this. But like, man, can only imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I can't do. Have we talked about how I can't eat at Chili's because they put aioli on everything? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think we have we either talked about it on here or you've just told me. Or in person. In real life. Yeah. yeah. If you have an egg issue, don't eat at Chili's. I, uh, that's interesting. Even if you say, don't put egg, don't put aioli on this. Please, please, please. No aioli. I don't know. I've never, <laughs> I've, I've, I've never left Chili's without leaving behind the entire contents of my plate in the toilet. Yeah. Like, never mind. Yeah. I just ate. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like your I, bathroom I, and I, pay finish, for it. I finish eating my my food that they promised does not have any aioli on it, and then I go, hmm, I gotta throw up, and then I go and I get rid of the entire meal, and it's just it's not it's not good. Do not do not eat chilies, <laughs> whatever you do. <laughs> is I'm wondering if it is just that much of a sensitivity to egg, like anything it could be egg, and you're like, no, fuck it. Like maybe it's just the grill. Maybe it's just the griddle right. that's covered right. in aioli. I don't know. Now, do you not like pesto either? Like the aioli. What is it about the aioli that it's just the like the mayonnaise and the fucking? Well, aioli is raw egg. I thought it was uh, mayonnaise and pesto. Mm. I didn't realize it was raw egg. Aioli. Let's find out, folks. Show aioli. It says mayonnaise seasoned with garlic, but as far as I know. Aioli always includes raw egg. See, I don't. Well, eat, I don't eat mayonnaise. Includes raw egg. Mayonnaise includes raw egg. So yeah, I do not. I do it's not just eat whipped mayonnaise. up raw egg. Yeah, mayonnaise is just whipped up raw egg. Mayonnaise I think. is bad. And yes, Zach, do you remember? You probably do not. Do you remember when our science teacher in sixth grade made mayonnaise for us in front of our eyes? Oh, that sounds <laughs> awful. I don't remember that because I probably have it blacked out of my mind because mayonnaise is the devil. Your, yeah, mayonnaise. Well. Well, you know, mayonnaise is alright. He gets a bad rap every now and again. But it's a colloid. I have a very distinct memory of my science teacher doing the same thing, calling it a colloid. Yeah. He took he took a jar, you throw egg yolks and yeah. raw eggs into the jar, and you throw lemon juice into the jar, and then you shake it, and then voila, there you go. Here's some mayonnaise. Yeah. Boom shock top. There it is. It's just you take the base and the acid and you mix them and it becomes mayonnaise. So apparently 
I don't know. So yeah, it looks like aioli is just uh, mayonnaise and and other stuff. But so with places with restaurants specifically, they probably um, so like I can eat uh, ready whip or whatever the hell you what's the what's the mayonnaise you buy at the store? Uh, best foods. Sure, Holman's best foods. Great. Something like that. Like, I can eat that, even though it's not great. But I don't think that's raw egg, because there's a lot of preservatives in there and stuff like that. Like, I think it's it's sort of a a, a fake mayonnaise. Okay. So if I were to Did go to... Do you like Miracle Whip? Uh, Miracle Whip. That's what I'm trying to think of. Um, I don't like any mayonnaise. But I can, okay. I, <laughs> I can eat those mayonnaises. Whereas, like, if you go to a restaurant, even a Chili's... They're probably making that with the raw egg, and there's not a lot else that's going into it. So I think that uh, I see. So that's, that's the big the difference. difference. The homemade from scratch versus the, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. You're probably right. What's the difference with Miracle Whip? Because I say it, the Miracle Whip is a salad dressing. What the hell? Yeah, and it's it's, it's not mayonnaise. as a. It's not mayonnaise at all. It's not made with eggs, right? I have no idea. It's made from water, soybean oil, high fructose corn yeah. syrup, vinegar, modified cornstarch, eggs, salt, natural flavor, oh. mustard flour, potassium sorbate, paprika spice, and dried garlic. It's hmm. made from nasty. It's what it was made from. Don't eat it. Listeners, don't try it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it. Don't eat any mayo. Don't eat any eggs. <laughs> do not follow my recipe fine. for Miracle eggs. Miracle Whip is not. <laughs> What's the difference between mayonnaise and Miracle Whip? Excuse me. The vinegar content? What makes a difference? Mayo's key ingredients, egg, blah, blah, blah. Miracle Whip sets itself apart, but the flavor? It's just flavor. Oh. <laughs> so it is still a mayonnaise, it's but mayonnaise. It's, just, it's just a tangier flavor. I hate it. I can't stand it. All mayonnaise is gross. All eggs are gross, and there's no reason to ever have either. <laughs> <laughs> See, I do like eggs, but I can 100% get on board with mayonnaise being gross. I like eggs, and I like mayonnaise too, but in moderation. But like, okay, so so the best grilled cheese sandwiches are made with using mayonnaise to fry the bread <gasps> instead of butter. No, no, no. First of all, no. you're not. Why are you frying <laughs> the bed bread? So the best grilled cheese sandwiches are made with sourdough bread. Uh, real cheese and mm-hmm. a uh, George Foreman uh, lean, mean, fat reducing grilling machine. Yeah, sure. And, and you coat the whole shit with mayonnaise no. instead of butter. Oh, no. Instead no. of butter. It's brilliant. There is no way I can eat that. There's no butter Look, or mayonnaise I, so, involved. Okay. How oh, do you get no. the bread toasted and You grilled? put it in the Foreman grill. It's a panini, it's, it's grilled on both sides. Yeah, uh, yes, but you want you want a butter <clears throat> coating to make it like a crisp, right? Uh, ah, this is uh, so. I uh, listen, listen, listeners. The correct way to do a grilled cheese sandwich <laughs> is to smear mayonnaise on the outside <laughs> and grill it with no. with American cheese on the inside, no. specifically Kraft Deluxe, and you'll never ever go back. You'll never make another kind of a grilled cheese sandwich again. The only thing you're right about is the Kraft Deluxe. <laughs> so okay jenny and i like we had a test like i fought her on it and i was like no because straight up like i agree with you you know most of the time when it comes to food 
she knows what's up. And I don't question her. And she was like, dude, this is bullshit. Like, you're going to put mayonnaise on instead of butter. And I was like, hang on, hang on. Like, just try it one time. And if you're not into it. And she took one bite and she was like, yeah, she's like, I'm never going back to butter. Like, immediately. One bite. She was like, this is just so much better. It has, like, a crispness to it, but it doesn't, like, destroy the bread. But it's it's so good. There's no, you don't need to put anything on the outside. That, well, okay. That's to- yes, you don't need cheese. to. But you don't need to warm it up. You can have a fucking cold cheese sandwich. <laughs> I'm saying, if, if you want delicious gourmet... That's what you do. You just add a little bit of fat and crisp it up. I'll never forget. This is not James. I want to say before I go, before I start telling this story. This is <laughs> not a comment on you. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, in freshman year, we had to do this thing where we described how to do something step by step. And there was this one girl who decided to show us how to make a grilled cheese sandwich. And this girl was, she, she, there's no other way to put it. She was real fat. This was a, this was a very fat girl. And she, she did the mayo on the outside of the sandwich before she grilled it in front of us. And I remember that every single other person in the class was like, wait a minute, you put mayo on the outside of the sandwich before you grill it? And she, I, I don't know. For me, always, I will always remember that real, real fat girl saying, no, you have to put mayo on the outside. Listen, that's the lesson here. That person and people like that person know exactly how to make their food more delicious than anybody else. That's, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but, I like also, hate so, mayo so the, much. Though. The same Ugh. argument for There's butter no on Pop-Tarts. Do you guys do Wait, this? Butter what? on pop tarts? What? No. Why would you? Yeah. So okay. Okay. Come on. Right. So no. Listen. Right. Again. Yes. Clearly, like my parents should not have fucking allowed this sort of thing. But that's delicious. It's absolutely amazing. Family Guy did a bit about it. Butter on pop tart. And even Peter Griffin. He's like, look. If you haven't fucking tried it, try this shit. Throw a pop tart in the toaster. When it comes out, just smear just a tiny bit of butter on it. It it like bumps it up to a new level. Zach, do you remember uh, Corey? Yes. Okay. Uh, we had this friend named Corey growing up, and okay. uh, Corey Corey was my best friend for a, for a long time before we had a falling out over something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, and he was he was a big proponent of butter on his food. He always wanted butter on his food. But I always remember that also he would come over to my house to spend the night, and in the morning, whatever we had, he would demand butter all over it. And every single time he would put too much butter or something. I don't know. Excuse me. It'd be like oatmeal. He put butter all over his oatmeal. And then he would throw up. Every time. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, adding butter to things that don't seem like they need butter. That's again, this is, this is just me and my little, my little uh, prejudices. But for me, butter on food that doesn't seem like it needs butter <laughs> sounds like something that's going to make you throw up. <laughs> uh, I mean, and that is fair. But what I will say is that throughout the course of my life, like tons and tons of things, people have been like, listen, try this shit. You know, if you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. Specifically, my babysitter once. This and it, this isn't about putting butter on anything, but it's about a food that, like, when I describe it, you're going to be like, "No, 
that sounds disgusting, but as an adult man, I will still do this today because of my babysitter when I was 10 years old. She made uh, Eggo waffle peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a piece of American cheese in the middle of it. Right? Oh, and it sounds I can, disgusting. I can, no, I can see that. I can see that. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Do you also put American cheese or cheddar cheese on your apple pie? No. Why? Uh, you should. Absolutely try it. It's delicious. I, I don't need apple pie. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. apple pie is kind of gross. So. And we don't... <laughs> As of right now, we only keep American cheese in the house because the baby eats it. American cheese is also gross. Yeah. We're we're doubling our family. We eat a lot of Dubliner cheese. Yeah. The only one I'm into is Kraft Deluxe. Every other American cheese is no bueno. No, you're right on the Kraft Deluxe. Back back on my grilled cheese days. Yeah. Kraft 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 Deluxe. Deluxe Whole wheat bread. Form and grill. Although, when I was growing up, we used to get, like, government cheese. Is like that, which is you literally get government like, cheese? Yeah, like literally like from the fucking, you know, there's a specific kind of cheese. So like, okay, Kraft Deluxe is thick and like rich and creamy, right? But imagine like that like cut like shaved into like like one Kraft Deluxe slices like three slices of government cheese. Mm. So it's got like mm. these weird like oil craters on it, you know, but it sticks together and it's a hard kind of cheese <laughs> and it's got a weird flavor to it, but it it, there's a weird nostalgia to it that is like a you know I would definitely you know seek a big block of this government cheese. Yeah, <laughs> government. <laughs> yeah, there's a fair amount of weird stuff that like when I know that like t- today my mom is doing just fine on money, but I know <laughs> I know that growing up money was tough based on the oh, things sure. that like the the memories I have of <laughs> good old good old home cooking <laughs> like. Uh, uh, rice and beans in the same pot with some hot dogs. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> good good old-fashioned home cooking. It's like, no, we just didn't have any money. And Dude, you guys had rice? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we just had beanie weenies, hot dogs, and franks and beans. It's perfect. Yeah, but with, with a little bit of rice involved, too. I don't know why. But things like that that I look back on, I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, we were poor. Got it. At the time, I was like, cool. Oh, we're having this again? Great. <laughs> like, we're living adventures. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I can't believe it. What a great what a great day. It's finally rice, bean, and hot dog day. Do you have, do you have anything like that? Like, Zags, you, you and I used to get down on some uh, ketchup and cheese. Oh, yeah. You ever have this, James? It's a real good snack. I did, but I liked it better with with hot sauce. Col- Colby, Jack, know wh- Colby Jack. Colby Jack. You know why I did strips? this? No, why, why did you do it? Do you remember Speedy Gonzalez? Uh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he had a cousin, Slowpoke Rodriguez. I remember and this too. Slowpoke's whole gig was he just wanted some cheese, and as soon as he got some cheese, he would put some hot sauce on it, some Tabasco, and that was it. And so you know, of course, little old me as a you know a young impressionable kid was like, yeah, I'm gonna do like Slowpoke does. I'm going to eat some fucking cheese with hot sauce. And it, and Tapatio is the best. Tabasco. Oh, I love Tapatio. Okay. But yeah, so just some fucking cheddar cheese with some Tapatio is delicious. Oh, now I want to try that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. Also, peanut butter. If you just put some, like a little bit of Jif peanut butter on some cheddar cheese, it's a great snack. Oh, I believe that. I believe that 100%. 
Yeah, because I, I would do that. I would bring that to school for lunch. One half is all slathered with peanut butter up, up the sandwich. And the other yep. half has a bunch of cheese on it. And there you go. Yep. Goodbye. Just like, just like Elvis. Except he, he liked bananas, but we won't talk about peanut that. Peanut butter and banana sandwich is delicious, dude. Did you guys know that banana flavor is based on a type of banana that has been extinct since the 60s? Yes. Really? I I didn't know that the flavor was based on that, but I knew that there was, like, no longer that type of banana. Yeah, they invented banana flavor based on a type of banana that does not exist anymore. Huh. And then the banana went extinct, but for whatever reason, they never updated the banana flavor, which is why banana flavor is very different from banana. Huh. Hmm. I do know that all of the current bananas that exist were clones from one plant that was immune to a certain type of banana fungus. Yes. Yep. Oh. And and Dole capitalized on that shit. Like the 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 Dole plantation was like, "Yep, we're going to fucking we're going to own this shit and we're mm-hmm. going to make an empire about it." Dole is a, <laughs> there's a lot to Dole. Yeah. yeah. Uh Hawaii before it became a state was I don't remember what the name of this type of government is, but there's a type of government uh, which is a government run by a corporation, and that okay. was Hawaii. <laughs> because Dole purchased Hawaii for the pineapples and ended up running the entire country for like a weird amount of time. Weird. Is that That's how we got the term Banana Republic, right? Yes, I believe that is true. Let me look up Banana Republic. Banana Republic. I don't Not want to know King. about the store. Yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia. Let's look for disambiguation. Uh, Banana Republics are countries with rudimentary political culture. What does that mean? It's a politically unstable country with an ec- uh, with an economy dependent upon the exportation of a limited resource product. Hence, banana. Mm-hmm. O. Henry coined the term to describe Honduras. I had actually heard that the two were synonymous only through my crossword puzzle doings. These are things that you pick up doing crossword puzzles. <laughs> There's a lot of things that you wouldn't know. Yeah. They come up every single day. Like Yoko Ono and Or. <laughs> oh, God, Or. Or shows up every day. Oh, yes. And I do, it's, it's amazing how many different ways they can think of to describe the last name of John Lennon's wife. <laughs> Plastic blank band. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I... So, okay, one time, and this is purely, like, I didn't have this knowledge through any other means than a crossword puzzle, right? But we were in uh, a training class for my for my uh, eligibility work, right? So we're all at work, we're all adults, and this guy was talking to us about how um, you can't make assumptions and you can't let your brain lead you to places. You have to follow each detail, right? And so he, he did this thing where, like, you know, he said the word um a joke repeatedly or something and he asked you what the white of an egg was and you said yolk and he's like ah ha ha you know you're wrong <laughs> no it's not <laughs> so what it really is uh, you know he was like ah, i'll accept the answer shell you know he goes but what the what the correct answer is and what the answer that i happen to know was albumin albumin you know spelled like album and then the word men at the end albumin 
Uh, so <laughs> this woman looks at me when I said this. I was like, it's the album in. And she looks at me like, what? That's fucking crazy. And then this guy goes on to say, like, you know, Shell would have been accepted. Well, he goes, but the actual word is album in. And then this woman looks back at me like, what? <laughs> 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 I was like, no, no. I literally just fucking knew that from across the yep. Like, yep. It's that's not that it. I'm that's that it. smart or anything. Like, that's it. Yeah, I've done that so many times on our crossword puzzles where, because we, we, I, I recently got Zach hooked on uh, crossword with friends. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. That sounds amazing. Uh, don't download it until I send you a uh, <laughs> thing so I can get some coins. <laughs> Oh but, god, yeah, damn I've actually found a free app. Oh really? Oh, yeah. sweet. Can, and you can just do unlimited crossword puzzles. Yeah, by Redstone Games. Oh, right. I meant to. I meant to send that to you. I yeah. found it last night. Yeah, you gotta send that to me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, bah, 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 where was it? I I used up all my coins. Yeah, <laughs> on the other one. I keep running into that problem. <laughs> James, I'm still going to send you an invite you should accept. Sweet. Of course. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So we're talking crosswords, blah, blah, blah. Oh, um, we also get the paper every weekend. Nice. The, the physical paper. Oh, and we do the crossword in the paper every weekend. And there's so many times where when we're done, we're like looking at a word and we're like, what the fuck is that word? Like we, we've, <laughs> like it's an across and we've gotten all the downs and we're like, we're like looking at the downs. We're like, no, that's probably it. So then we look up the word and like, oh, apparently that's the word for that. And so, and so there's a lot of words I've learned in that way. Yep. 96. That's across. the only time that I'll do like, if I do like a, I'll get a crossword puzzle book. And the only time that I'll ever, ever look in the back for the answer is if I'm dead ass sure that I've made a mistake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, okay, I'll look that up. And then I'm like, because, you know, I'm looking at some words just don't make sense grammatically. You're like, that word can't yeah. happen within the English language. Yep. Like, what I know about words doesn't exist, you know, in that yep. word. But then sure enough. That's a word, and then Google is like, oh, yeah, this means this. And you're like, ah, then I've got to change four of my other answers to make this one fucking work. <laughs> yep. And that's how you figure out albumin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.